We're live. Greetings. Welcome to the Elm City Lit Fest podcast. I'm Ife Michelle Gardine. This is Sean McAllister. Elm City Lit Fest is a celebration of, of literature and literary artists of the African diaspora. Our podcast is bi-weekly on Sundays. Welcome. and We're happy to have you here to, as we celebrate women's history month we celebrate the voices of of the african diaspora all the time and we're extra extra proud to celebrate women we are women our team is also also includes emily mayo emily's behind the scenes always um in handling our social media <laughs> and here we have sha and this evening we have women voices in theater some really, really fabulous up and coming, I want to say they 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 arrived. <laughs> Playwrights. We have AK Payne. And we will have Abigail Anuwale. Welcome, Kevin. Yeah. <laughs> Hi everybody. I'm so glad to be here. Thank you for joining us this evening. So I will introduce AK. AK Payne is a playwright, artist, theorist, and theater maker whose people are rooted in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Her plays love on and engage the interdependencies of black past, present, and futures and seek to find reminder language that might move us toward our, liber our collective liberations. She holds a BA in English and African-American studies from Yale College and is currently pursuing a MFA in the playwriting from Yale School of Drama. Did y'all feel the electricity come off that? Oh my goodness. <laughs> our, our, our second guest who will be coming on, um, will be joining us shortly, will be Abigail Onyewale. And Abigail is a second year MFA acting student at the Yale School of Drama. In undergrad at the University of Texas at Austin, she was one of the most accomplished performers in the history of forensics, having won 13 collegiate national titles across four different interpretation categories over her four-year career. She has been a sacrificial poet for many events, including the Texas Grand Slam, Slam Mania, hosted by Write About Now. And both these women are uh, students at the Yale Graduate School of Drama. And um, we're, we're just excited to have them here and, and to talk about their work. Oh my goodness, okay? And, and because they are black women with strong voices and it is really, important for our voices to be heard, especially in theater today. So um, AK, let's just start a little bit about how did you come to select Yale? <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a good question. Um, so I grew up in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, um, and I like lived there my entire life. Um, and I, I came to Yale for undergrad, um, mostly because I was interested in arts. There's a lot of like arts opportunities in this school. And so I found my way into the school through that. Um, and I think I had a very difficult time in Yale undergrad, just as a space, just with the elitism and the way the school operates. 
Um, and grad school has been a lot different than that, just being able to focus on art um, and being able to just like collaborate with people and create work. A lot of like black and brown students at the school too. Um, so yeah, it's kind of half on my way here. Um, but I, I consider New Haven home, I consider Pittsburgh home now since I've been here for almost six years. Um, so yeah. And Pittsburgh is one of, is the hometown also of one of my favorite playwrights, August Wilson. Mm -hmm. So that, who had a whole, his whole series here mm -hmm. um, back in the, was it 90s, 80s, yeah. 90s? Um, and I also had, was blessed with the opportunity to meet him while he, a couple of times while he was here for mm -hmm. opening nights. I was like, hey, <laughs> and, but also at the National Black Theater Festival. Oh, wow. Yep. Um, so it, growing up in Pittsburgh, did you hear much about him or was that? one of your um, inspirations? Yeah, so I read all of his plays when I was in ninth grade at my at my high school. Um, and I he he was like all around Pittsburgh, like black Pittsburgh theater scene. So like a lot of my friends like know him as inspiration. And my family actually is from um, the Hill District where a lot of his plays uh, are based. So my dad's side of the family grew up there. And so I spent a lot of time hearing about that and like hearing about the legacy of that particular community, which is really rooted in like the black arts tradition um, and yeah, so I think he's very much a part of like how I came to find my voice as a playwright. He was the first playwright I read that um, had rhythms in his character. He sounded like my parents or like my father. Um, and I think that's sort of where I began. So how did you get started as a playwright? Like mm -hmm. of all the theater things to do, like everybody wants to act and how did you, how did you come up with writing? Yeah, I went to an arts high school in Pittsburgh, kind of like co-op, um, and I, I studied creative writing there. Um, and I wrote my first play when I was in seventh grade, um, and it got to go up in like a little small theater in Pittsburgh. And I saw it and I was just like so blown away with like the ability of this art form to like bring people together um, and to have like a collaborative impact, like that the words that I've written on the page in solitude, like were spiraling outwards, and, like able to like create communities and have people in the room. Um, and so, yeah, I was like, I, I, like from that point forward, I was like, I, I want to be a playwright. It's what I want to do, um, and that's sort of been my journey from there. Okay, and we're um, we're going to welcome Abigail here. Welcome, Abigail. Hi, hi everyone. Hi, hi. hi. nice to see you all. Nice see we're you. so happy to have you here. Thank you. Thank you, Thank you. for showing up. Um, and we were. We're just talking about um, the Yale experience <laughs> and how you came about and how we came out to be a playwright. So um, how how from the University of Texas <laughs> did you get to to select Yale? Yes, uh, I, I started off at UT um, and I was a pre-med major and I uh, was focusing on psychology or human development and family sciences. So I worked with children um, um, with autism specifically. And um, and so then I went to med school um, at Texas A&M and I hated it. Mm -hmm. And so um, I, um, I ended up uh, taking a break and doing my master's in biomedical sciences while I figured out my life because my parents still wanted me to do something because I'm Nigerian and I couldn't, that was no excuse to just drop out. And so um, I was, I, so while I was, while I was finishing my master's, um, I was also auditioning for MFA programs because my friend had gotten into NYU and I really, I really was like, wow, I really want I've always wanted to act. And I, I, I love performances because I did speech and debate for a, a while. And so, um, luckily enough, uh, I ended up just applying, I think for only four MFA programs, which is unusual. I think people apply for a lot. Um, and um, and uh, Yale ended up being my choice, and that is how my acting career has begun here. <laughs> so yeah. So you're acting. You're you're an actor, but you, in addition, you also playwriting. So how did you? Yeah. Do. I actually, AK is like my advisor, Loki, <laughs> on like some of my work because I just, I actually just started writing. I've all, I've been a slam poet for many, many, for many years now, but um, 
And so I wrote poetry a lot, but those are maybe 500 words max. Um, writing a play is a completely different experience. And I actually discovered my playwriting um, here at Yale. And um, of course, with like uh, my classmates um, and um, of course, AK, who is also a part of my uh, 2023 class. Uh, uh, it's been it's been awesome that we've been collaborating in different ways. I think we've, we both have like stepped into like different, like AK has acted, I have, you know, written and so, it's it's really it's really fun that here at Yale you can do anything. <laughs> yeah, we got to we got to work on a process last last yeah. semester actually on a play together and it was really incredible just like being in the room, bouncing ideas off each other, like building something in community. Yeah. So yeah. Really fun. The level of sisterhood that is here as we celebrate <laughs> Women's History Month. Can you tell us about since you just briefly spoke about it? Can you talk about how it feels to write with someone in your class? I don't. I might, I don't know if you two see each other as sisters, but the energy I'm seeing here is, this is one of your good homegirls. Yeah, okay. okay. And if she's your advisor on playwriting, this is your best, we, we're not cussing today, but this is your best girl. So, <laughs> can you talk a little bit about, about that dynamic as being female writers and in the space where you're writing, you both said undergrad was something, everyone's <laughs> eyebrows went up and we didn't mm -hmm. have to say too much about that. So having you know each other and being in the space but also creating in that space how how is that what do you not what's your duty in that but how do you you know how do you carry that every day yeah i think it's so important and critical to like lift up other black women and like black femmes as i'm creating work and just making space as i'm writing plays and also as i'm imagining i've been thinking a lot about like plays as blueprints and plays as like like the ground upon which we create communities and stuff and so yeah, like, I don't know, I think all the time about how how I'm inviting people into the spaces that I'm creating on the page. And Abigail's one of those people, like time and time again, um, thinking about as I'm creating and as I'm writing, um, how can I create a part that that might do, like that she might be able to to bring to life and, and that that would be worthy of her talent, um, which I think has been a really cool process. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I agree. I, I also like, I like AK is one of my favorite playwrights, <laughs> to be honest with you, because I think I, the first time I read her writing, um, I was like, <sighs> like, it's, it's just brilliant. Um, unlike any other writer I've ever I've ever known. And I think honestly, AK was a big reason that I, I inspired me to write like more as a playwright. Um, I didn't know I was capable of it until I was like, oh, like, uh, like black femme, black women can write like this, like we can do this. Like, I, I didn't know, I thought there was like a formula for some reason. And um, I think uh, um, AK's writing breaks this kind of like formula. And so um, it made me feel more free in writing how I felt like writing, and especially acting is new for me. And on top of that, writing is new for me. So it was like, I, but there's a safe space in, in writing that I, I didn't know. I didn't know it was comfortable until like we started diving in and we've done so much work together already in the like two years that we've been <laughs> here and yeah. it, it's been incredible. Yeah. Okay, talking, talking about work, y'all. Yes. <laughs> in between bitches, okay? <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about that <laughs> damn play. Mm -hmm. Because we just grown ass people. <laughs> Girl. Thank you. And, and AK, we're going to get to your piece, Amani, too. Yeah. But In Between Bitches yeah. is about so many levels mm -hmm. of, of how women of every age, Black women yeah. of every age, or even, even women of other, white women, because mm -hmm. hell, mm -hmm. there's some white girls going through uh, what do you yeah. call it? bulimia and all that kind of stuff? Yeah, right. And it's always been said that you know, black and Latino women own their curves or whatever, but uh uh, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so let's look, talk, talk a little bit about the well, of course, I, I see what the inspiration is, but but talk about how the yeah. that came about. Yeah, I think it, it, it actually came about through therapy and through uh. A sisterhood that um, I didn't know was was here, but needed to be kind of like carved in because I do think 
coming into this like uh, industry of performance and acting, uh, a lot of your appearance is, is like a big deal. And on top of that, being a black woman, um, I, I remember like when I was applying for Yale and I finally knew what Yale was, I was looking through actors and looking through people that went here. And a lot of them were, didn't look like me, <laughs> didn't have my body type. And so um, it was very intimidating. And I think I, I got into my head a lot. And so I needed to go to therapy uh, for body dysmorphia um, because I was, and then the pandemic happened and I was looking at myself too much. Um, it, it was just a lot, of, there was a lot of things happening internally. And then I would have conversations with other women and other black femmes. Um, and I would be noticing that all of us were sitting here kind of being like, yeah, me too. Yeah, me too. Uh, no matter what shape or size you were, like somebody that I thought would like have the ideal body that I was like, like struggling to get is like struggling themselves to get somebody else's body. So we're all like throwing things at each other. And in actuality, um, I, I, I've just always felt um, in between. <laughs> I've always felt like this like person of like, I'm, I don't feel, I'm not, I don't want to be this like super thin woman, but I also don't feel like I'm that black woman that has the, the like own your curves kind of look. Um, and so uh, the, the, the show came about um, uh, through just like, my conversations with with girlfriends and 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 uh, situations that I, I that I've just had, especially during this pandemic, it, it was quite it was quite fun to make it a comedy and not something that um, seeped in. Even though even though it, at some point it did get to a point where we talked about what was real, because it, it is it's very real for a lot of us um, in many different ways. Yeah. Yeah, oh, and I when I say all ages, I'm saying I'm sorry. Go ahead, Kate. <laughs> Sorry, I just want to say, like, I the play went on at the uh, cabaret a couple weekends ago, or was that last weekend? It was, yeah, but it was incredible, and like, I just was was so blown away by it, and just felt so seen by it. And I just appreciate that, Abigail, like you making space for for this story and for Black women to talk about um, the body image thing. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. When you. it when it showed at the cabaret, what was the response you got from it? How did people react? Um, I think it was it was actually really um, it was nice to hear what black women had to say about it um, because like black women were like yo like <laughs> like you too <laughs> like yeah like I like I thought and I think there was a good question that they asked about like it's different to see women in this light black women specifically in this light because we are we are told to be strong we are told to like carry this like super cape we are told to and i was like and i remember being like i'm just tired of being strong i really i just really exhausted and i really want some i really wanted to just like not be strong in this and be like i need help you know i need some kind of spiritual healing some kind of mental healing like i needed that help and so that's 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 the biggest thing that I'm I'm happy that people responded in a way that was like same same you know and it yeah. sounds like it was a help for everyone who was there Miss Ife related to it I had a chance to look through it and as Nina Simone said art should reflect the times because mm -hmm. which what you get visually on stage or what you read and as you said before writing gives you a different space than necessarily acting doesn't because you have to sit with the words once you read something that's been written it's like you're visualizing it on your own yeah. books and writing can take you somewhere that you'll never necessarily can that can be portrayed on screen or even with the best film equipment yeah. so i think the gift that you both have and you have a very iron sharpened iron dynamic which is needed and which is phenomenal because in a lot of collective spaces is where you can bounce ideas off one another, just energy. Yeah. Which I think the pandemic has kind of taken from us in a bit, but I've been in some spaces where you can still get that energy. But mm -hmm. if it's, you can't fake it if it's real. Yeah, that's true. And AK, your piece, Amani, about the different levels of relationships we have with our men. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Let me just put that out. Like, oh, daddy's boyfriend, little boys that have crushes on a girl. Mm -hmm. Where? <laughs> <laughs> so 
Yeah. Um, so I started to play a couple like last year uh, and just reflecting on my, my relationship with my own dad and just like growing up like and feel like feeling this immense love from him and this immense care, but also this really like just reckoning with the ways that like toxic masculinity has shown up in my life um, and has like reared its head in various ways um, and trying to make sense of those things um, and like how the patriarchy like, yeah, shows up across various different places and um, how to also hold space for the fact that like, like this on one hand the patriarchy and on one hand this like really uh, terrible system and also this person that I love very much who is a man and like how do you hold those two different things at once um, and how do you like make space for for the healing of of Amani uh, for for the girls who are a part of that and then also for um, for for men in, in in the in the world as well so so, so good so <laughs> the reading so, was so good. good yeah so good. Um, what playwrights, um, females are like are inspirations for you all? If there is, there, is there, I know there can't be like one. <laughs> so I love uh, Dominique Morisot. Uh, she's one of my favorites. And then, um, yeah, I just discovered actually this YSD playwright um, named Sharon Stockard Martin, who isn't that well known, but she's so cool. I really like her work. Um, and Christina Anderson, who actually is teaching a class here at YSD right now, and she's really great. Okay. Yeah. And how about you, Abigail? Um, I have, I'm a Susan Laurie Parks fan all the way. Um, I think she's one of the first Black women playwrights I've actually read. Um, and was like, whoa, this is brilliant. And then um, I've actually, I just read this uh, and I've read some more of her work, um, this uh, East Asian YSD uh, female playwright, Hansel, Hansel Jung. And uh, she did this beautiful play called um, uh, The Car Cardboard Piano that I think that she actually wrote at Yale, uh, which I was blown away by uh, <laughs> and how, um, <laughs> She was able to incorporate uh, immigration and religion and uh, just, uh, and like LGBTQ plus rights all in one play. I, I just, mm -hmm. did, it was it was actually brilliant. Um, so yeah, those are, those are two that I've just been thinking about lately. <laughs> also mentioned in Tori Sampson, uh, she's a YSD grad as well, who is like incredible. She has this play, If Pretty Hurts, Ugly Must Be a, MF, -er. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's really good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. See, these are people we have to check out. Like, Yale will have folks there, and you never know what's going on or the work that's getting out or what's being created. And mm -hmm. it's like, you have to just kind of be like, where are the people? I know you have people there that you are, you have their talents, but you're you're keeping them in a box. Me and Miss Ife were talking about this the other day. A lot of organizations and a lot of institutions will have these phenomenal people, these gems, and it's like you don't know where they are, but they're not being appreciated where they are. But they're sure enough not letting anyone else know that they're there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's true. How is it? Um, on campus, are there any groups as far as that where you can gather like any black student groups on campus? And as we celebrate Women's History Month, I think last year was 50 years of women at Yale. And I don't know if this is 51, but you all are a part of that. And then that class and that lineage of women, can you talk to us a little about that? Well, not a little, a lot about that, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, we have a group at YSC called Folks um, that I'm on leadership on that is like the Black, the black Theater Ensemble. And right now, actually, we're planning an event uh, to honor the Black women playwrights of YSD uh, throughout history. So it'll be like March 25th that we're organizing at the moment. Um, and yeah, so that that space, it was founded by Angela Bassett when she was here in the 80s. Um, and the space is just like, we've been trying to organize events, trying to hold space for students, trying to just like be a, both a place of solidarity for like Black students on campus, but also think about how we can connect um, to folks who are outside of outside of Yale um, and like bridge those those divides that Yale has created. Oh, let's talk about that, okay? <laughs> Being native New Havener, shot from Newark. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Just got here a few years ago. But because when Angela Bassett was here, mm -hmm. um, like 
uh, and, and Rock and Angela's now husband as mm -hmm. well and, and David Allen Greer. Like, I remember those folks. But, like, they did stuff like get their hair did in, on Dixel Avenue and hang yeah. out at Elks Club. Mm -hmm. And and when I was coming up, I'm 61. I don't have a problem saying my age. That's what I do. But when I was coming up in the in Afro, the the local people used to party sometimes at the Afro M Cultural Center. So we had interaction mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. over the years. And I and I've been around in in certain situations where they and they I don't know if they still do, but they would tell the undergrad any students coming, a graduate undergraduates. Stay in the bubble. Mm -hmm. Don't go outside the bubble because uh, we can't protect you outside the bubble. The, mm -hmm. And it's like, well, you hiring all the people that work outside the bubble to work, mm -hmm. to clean up, mm -hmm. to, to pass the papers work along, to do all the things to make the machine run. Mm -hmm. and, and, and nine times out of 10, you know, if you're black and you come into Yale, you you might have came from somewhere where you had to get your hair did with Miss Susie or, you know, at the at the beauty salon, barbershop. You went you looking for a church mm -hmm. or something like that. And it's like. So, um, folks, I didn't like I'm just hearing about this. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. And you said Angela started it. I could believe that because it was over the years. I've seen more interaction, but I've also seen and more particularly in the. Um, in the at the drama school in the um, uh, arts administration program, some people really have to leave. Mm -hmm, <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and without, I, I don't know if it'll get you in trouble or whatever. I mean, I know they got Terrell McRaney now, so they they trying to color their pages. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's it like for you all? What and and AK, you can speak to this because you did undergrad as well. Yeah. Um, what's your life experience like with that town and gown mm -hmm. relationship? Yeah, I mean, I think as I was mentioning before, undergrad was just such a, a difficult and different experience for me uh, because of the fact that like the school, as you mentioned, as you spoke about, like the school very intentionally tries to keep this divide in place and they try to, to, to separate even black students who are from, like I'm from a low income background, I'm from Pittsburgh and like there's this, this I'm, so like this constant like feeling in between or feeling like I'm separated from my community and from my people that the school tries to put in place. Um, and so I think like that was very present for me all through undergrad and like the elitism and like the separation. Um, and I think grad school has been better solely because it's real Alvin McCraney <laughs> and uh, he has like very intentionally crafted our program. Like we have all POC now, like the entire program, there's nine of us. There's five black people, four black women, <laughs> like it's fire. And so like, there's so much going on that I think I'm just so grateful for just the space to be able to share work um, and to like have a community that's like holding me up as I'm sharing it. So, yeah. Well, that's good. In the and I have to say too, mention too, um, in the early two thousands, I had the privilege of producing a show by Marcus Gardley, mm -hmm. who was a Yale graduate, um, and we did it. We uh, like Sun Falling from the Mouth um, with some uh, Yale, some grad students in drama. We produced Marcus's play at the Afro American Cultural Center, mm -hmm. and then took it to the. National Black Theater Festival. Mm -hmm. We had a wonderful time. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and at that time, like that was in, I just happened to bogart myself in a space where I was, <laughs> mm -hmm. I was co a coordinator for Dwight Edgewood Project. Mm -hmm. And I, then I created this program called Arts at Work because I wanted young black kids from New Haven to understand that there's, there's production, the the background of theater, mm -hmm. you get you get work. Like yeah, you mm -hmm. you building sets, you um, helping uh, with costuming and lights and sound, props, all those little things go into teaching that to, mm -hmm. to into work. They're they and they're viable work sometimes more than uh, the actors get. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think it's important that. Because this, the what what we're discussing here, this small this portion that that there's there's an intentional bubble created, mm -hmm. 
And we've spoken about this, but I think what also needs to be spoken at this point in time is that those of us who are here would like for you to come out of the bubble. We know that that's been placed, but we've been waiting. And I think you all have been waiting for us too. Because I think if folks get together and start talking, there's there's more nonprofits in New Haven than trees, okay? There are things going on, there are things happening. So knowing that we've been intentionally separated, I think it's time for us to intentionally get together. Because what you ladies are writing, what you're, what Terrell is doing, Terrell had the Gray Star show. That was a whole thing <laughs> that I think about often. Mm-hmm. But for folks of your program and for the Black students at Yale, not even just the Black students at Yale, but for those who are searching for a community or who want to do more than the degree at Yale, at Southern, at wherever you might be, there are folks in New Haven who would love to collaborate, to work together, to cultivate, to bring something new because everyone's tired of what's been going on. If they can trust folks to come in to clean and to cook their food and to watch their kids, then what's so dangerous about our ideas getting together? And if that's what scares you, then maybe that's what we need to be focusing on because Mm -hmm. everything else seems to be mundane. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And we want to thank our sister, Emily Mayo, (laughs) (laughs) for being placed at the drama school and making some connections. Mm -hmm. And also, and who's on our team for LitFest and very valuable in in just bringing you all together. and one of the things I, I'd like to ask you as well as like, well, talk about is um, what what I don't think the machine, the larger machine of, of the university understands as they segregate themselves, the students from New Haven, is that a lot of times as 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 black students come in here, you get you you get energy from uh, t- go, being in your community. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yes. That's a fact. <laughs> Me, like, you can't just survive with all of them all the time. Mm-hmm. That's right. You gotta get activated. They don't want you to get activated. Right, right. All you got to do is get your hair done once. <laughs> or go to the corner store once. Truly. Yeah. Yeah, I found so much joy in undergrad going to, like, Miss K's. <laughs> just, like, to get away from Yale's campus. So, mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. I mean, like, speak to us some of the places that you may have ventured out of. In, in New Haven and had a good experience with. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, like Miss Case. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely Miss Case. Um, I'm I'm a I'm a Delta, so I think being involved in New Haven alumni chapter uh, has definitely been a big part of like my journey here. Um, yeah, I yeah. Also, just like art scenes, like there's been jam sessions um, over at uh, the State House that have been really great. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. Things. Yeah, and I, I I have, I I love to get my hair braided on Dixwell. It's just the way it is. I think, and I I, I meet a lot of another uh, other women who are Afro are from Africa, but from different parts. So we all have conversations on like 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 some people are from um, the Ivy Coast, some people are from Ghana. So it's like great having conversations with women that are from my continent. And then I also Sanders Next Generation is a different. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> always a different experience for me. Um, I, I absolutely love, love, love going there, and I love, love. I also worked with um, um, Odell um, on uh, her play this past uh, summer, and it was actually like I've, I've actually we when we worked on the production outside, uh, me and my classmate Malachi Beasley. It was actually I was like. Reverend Odell was like, I was like, this is this is on some a lot had changed, a lot had mm-hmm. happened, and it was actually so beautiful to be a part of that community. And and I and and things are in the works, and we're working on some new stuff. But I'm I'm interruptions. Yes, was was by far a, a great experience to have that summer. Yeah. yeah, we're currently working on the part two of that actually, and I'm sure Odell will will announce it soon. But Abigail is going to be a part of that. So yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. See that town and gown connection. They can't help with the writing, so it's it's not to be. It's it's we're excited. <laughs> and that powerful sisterhood, because these stories need to be told, and and we got to give a shout out to Baobab Tree Studios and Rev Kev because mm-hmm. he sure. did 
pod tape it and <laughs> put it out there. Um, and, and your sorority sister Odell as well. Mm -hmm. Um, wow. So, um, what, what do you all have on the horizon beyond Yale? Of course, things will probably open up. Who knows? <laughs> and disorder is some kind of hybrid of our world. Yeah. So what you got planned, Abigail, and then AK? Um, currently right now, I, um, I'm I'm working on school, but I, I definitely have, I just got into uh, Lena Waite's mentorship program, um, Hillman grad. Uh, and I'm, and I'm so grateful to Lena and, and the community because it, it's, it's, it's really opened my eyes to a lot of things that I'm not aware of <laughs> in the industry and to do screen acting with some of the, um, some of the best, the best mentors I've ever, I've ever worked with. Um, so right now I'm, I'm working on that. I, a lot of it, a lot of this quarantine and this time is for me to focus on writing because um, I'm the writing of this play that's like a spinoff of Rose, the character of Rose from August Wilson's uh, Fences, which AK has been helping me with and we're still working on it. But that we're working on that. And I'm also just, a lot of it is writing and me just learning the work because I, I am so new to all of this. So I would love to just have a lot of tools in my back pocket that I can pull out at any point in time. So it's it's been quite exciting. How about you, AK? Um, so I've, I'm trying to focus on school at the moment and just get some more plays in the world, um, just get some writing done. Um, and I started a theater collective with some friends from Pittsburgh that Abigail's actually a part of too, that we're building. And um, it's sort of like this hybrid model thing that I'm intentionally hoping is something that can move and be fluid and be embracing the fact that black people, like our histories are, are tied with migration and with movement. Um, so yeah, that's something that we're building right now. And yeah, I, I'm hoping in the future, I'm trying to think about like, cause I want to be both a playwright and also a professor. Um, so thinking about that too, and like how those things can tie together for me. I'm trying really hard not to scream, like just <laughs> scream out loud. <laughs> like when we talk about it being up and it's stuck there, this is, it's <laughs> up and it's stuck there. <laughs> this whole, like, okay, Abigail, let's, let's start from the beginning. Sis said Lena. I don't know if folks are catching that. Right. Okay, who Lena is? We're talking the shy Lena, okay? Yeah. We are talking queen and slim, okay? People, <laughs> <laughs> what's happening in the world right now? There's a lot happening mm -hmm. in the world. Under the importance of what you just said, okay, your folks understanding that there's history as people move, as black people migrate and move. A lot of folks are in Connecticut and a lot of these northern states are from the south. Mm -hmm. We're talking South Carolina in the back. Yep. We're talking Alabama in the back. And that history of being from there to here and what that looks like and what that means and that the connection over the history and how folks have migrated and what that has done to the towns they've been in. Miss Ife is a part of a major clan here in New Haven. Her history and her lineage is so rich, but all of her siblings and her dis descendants of her ancestors, it's like to see that and visualize it and to see how that plays out in the community every day. You could run into a Huckabee anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Mm -hmm. And just, okay. I, I do have a question, but I could just burst right now. Like truly <laughs> just burst. Um, AK, I wanted to ask you in your bio, you have, um, her plays love on and engage the interdependencies of Black past, presence, and futures, and to seek to find slash remind, slash remember language that might move us towards our collective liberations. Now, can we first talk about the importance of what you are describing as far as time of mm -hmm. past, presence, and futures? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I mean, I think that's something that I'm constantly thinking about is like, how are we in conversation with those who came before us? And like, how are we laying ground for those who are gonna come after us um, in my plays and also just like in how I'm trying to exist in the world. Um, and so, yeah, that's that's that. Um, yeah, and I think holding space in, in the plays that I'm working on to like expose that as as a way for survival um, and as a way for like finding, finding means for survival um, as black folks in diaspora. Mm-hmm. And then where you have giving, 
to give folks remember language and find reminders of our own collective liberations. Can you talk a little about, about collective liberations? I think folks need to get a little bit more deeper and saying this isn't just a black white thing. This isn't a black male thing. This isn't a black gay woman thing. It's all connected. There's a mm -hmm. class aspect to all of this, an economic aspect to all of this, and understanding the importance of how that interconnects. You can't really unlock it all until you've connected it all. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I definitely, I mean, I think you said it, like, I think, I think it's very much like, like, if, if I'm not free, like, or if, if I'm not free, like, nobody else is going to be free. So how do we, like, get free together? What are the things that we can do to make sure that we're all getting free? Um, which is collective liberation. And then also the plural in that, like saying collective liberations, that there's many different ways that freedom shows up. Um, and there's not one single way that like, yeah, black freedom exists. Um, and so how can we strive for that? Um, the, the multiplicity of it too. Um, yeah, and finding language too, because so much, like I so appreciate the space that y'all have created with LitFest uh, to talk about language yeah. and literature, because I think so much has been done like to co-op our tongues and uh, to like, to, English has been used to like, yeah, to take away so much of our power. And so how do we reclaim and refine uh, how to use language and how to, how to speak truth to power? When you all are writing, how do you choose your words? Does it, does it just naturally flow or is it, have you ever gone back and rewritten something and chosen a better word? Or when you, do you use it based on the audience or what leads you to end up with the words you have on the paper. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I think I think when I when I'm writing, I, I specifically I focus on um, what my what my tongue wants to say. Uh, a lot of it is like a lot of it is if it feels right in my mouth, then it's meant for my people. Um, and uh, I, I don't I, I like a lot of people are like, well, what does that mean? Is that specific? And it's like, are you talking about specific where you're from and everything? I was like, it doesn't matter. It's we are all mm -hmm. like centered as we're one black, we're one whole. And so um, my tongue has made say to speak a different language, but it does not mean that we we don't we don't we don't have the same rhythm. We don't have the same wavelength, mm -hmm. and um, a, a lot of it has been like um, even work even driving into like because a lot of it for me has been like di I've I've tried to dive into a lot of. Um, People have been like, oh, so you you have to separate the two. You're like your blackness, your Nigerianness. You have to separate the two. And I was like, I can't. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. literally, I can't. And like, um, even black folks here and, and with, that I've talked to, like American black folks, have always been like, I I I, I will never. I I feel there's like a centering in 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 Africa or in Nigeria somewhere that is is where my foundation my roots is and I was like because it is um and if you feel like your tongue is speaking that way if you feel like a part of you is moving in that way then your it's it's your ancestors it's you it's your spiritual being coming alive and so um I think I just let my tongue flow the way my tongue flows because it connects all different parts of the world um, mm -hmm. and, uh, and, and comes alive in so many different ways. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm seconding that. I think one of the biggest uh, lessons that I learned from Terrell in this program is like this idea of like listening to your play, like the play will tell you what it wants to be um, and spending that time with it. And the characters will tell you like sort of what the story is and how they speak. And I think a big thing that I focus on too when I'm writing and thinking about words and language is rhythm. Um, my mom is a music teacher back home. And so I think a lot about like how music and how sound comes across. And I spend a lot of time when I'm writing just like like humming it to myself, like how the words sound on the page um, and like thinking about uh, how they string together and how we, cause I think the music's such a core of how black people have survived and existed throughout time. Um, and that being a core of like how I'm thinking about the rhythms of my plays and the lyricism. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I just, I still, I'm still going, there's not enough, there's not enough minutes in this and I don't want to get us off track because I will go on tangents. I just when the world opens up or you know, <laughs> let's get together. Absolutely. Um, but for 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 young sisters who are out there, or even just young folks, what if you could if you could give advice to your younger self of where you are now in your writing and in your life or gems that you may have picked up in school, what what would you tell them? Oh wow. That's something to simmer on. Don't feel, you know. Yeah. 
I mean, I feel like I, I think I'm always feeling like I'm, I'm every new, everything I discover is, is completely new and I become a young writer again. If that makes sense, like I've, I, it's like I'm starting from square one. Um, I, and so I feel like as long as you just start, <laughs> you are making, uh, you are bringing something alive as long as you just start writing, um, which is, uh, which is also like scary because you're like, well, how do I put what do I how do I put things up? And it's like it'll all come alive. You just have to write it. You just have to put it on stage or on 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 the page because, I mean, if we don't write our stories, they will die off. So, the um, biggest thing is just writing our stories. A lot of it is my experience of like, if my mom says something that is like profound or something that I'm like, I can I. I something is developing the sense within me is saying write about it it'll be maybe even a sentence that ends up turning into a story uh you know months down the line or maybe even a week down the line who knows but uh the biggest thing for me is like you are always going to be like a, a new writer as you discover new things about yourself so just put things on the page and 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 write till your heart to your heart's content you know yeah, I love that so much. Like just the idea of learning and being constantly in a state of learning. Um, and I think I, I'd say like, listen, like I think listening is a huge thing that I would tell young writers, um, just like pay attention to what's around you. But then also like first and foremost, like taking care of yourself and developing like a, a, a self-care practice that is aligned with like, like what you need as an artist. Cause I think so often, especially like in this world that we're in right now, like there's the, the work comes comes before the artist or the person. Um, it's like what you put out, what you're producing. Um, and I think if you're not like in tune with like your inner self and like your own wellness, like you're not gonna produce things that are in tune with the world you wanna see or with just like, yeah, yourself. So I think that's important. All right, so for our young folks, we got a few things here. Starting, <laughs> self-care, there is no formula and listening because a lot of the time we get caught in overthinking, right? And overthinking, we'll really be thinking and hours have passed, days have passed, and we haven't written one thing. Mm -hmm. So we're so caught up in how am I gonna do it? You've never actually done it. There is no formula, there is no secret sauce to it. You have to just start and it will come. I think it's putting that, what you all have described is putting that step forward and trusting in yourself and trusting in your purpose and what you all have done. Nothing is by coincidence. And learning constantly, Ms. Ife speaks a lot about no one should feel like they have arrived. Mm -hmm. If you feel like you've shown up and that this is the best thing happening, you've made it to wherever, that's where it will stop. Mm -hmm. Because you said, this is as far as I can go. But if you look at women in history, like Cicely Tyson, she never felt like she arrived. This woman acted yeah. almost up into her last year. Angela Bassett, women who we've seen have been able to go through time because they stay fresh, they stay new. It's like, how does she still do it? Because it's like, there's a love for it. I feel like there's an appreciation of the art and the commitment to it and the culture to where it's like, if you get caught up and you've made it, it's like, well, it's never been about you. So how dare you say, Oh, it's a wrap. We got mm -hmm. to this point in life. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. You muted, Missy. It's looking good, though. I'm muted, uh, but the and again, Elm City Lit Fest was created to celebrate and promote the voices, the literature, and literary artists of the African diaspora for everyone. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. For us, yes, because we're not, we're, for wherever we come from, we always, always, always are educated with, with other first mm -hmm. and not with ours, with ours. Right. And a lot of what people don't know is our, they don't know our stories. So they go mm -hmm. by assumptions of what they know and then hence we have like that ain't the just the only thing reason why people are racist they just are but creating and, and not creating but seeing ourselves seeing our stories mm -hmm. may help some mm -hmm. but we have to educate ourselves we it's just so that has been so important to me and literature has been poor i'm wearing james baldwin and um 
<laughs> Lorraine Hansberry dancing in my earrings. Mm-hmm. Shout out the People Get Ready bookstore. Yeah. <laughs> For the earrings, you know, and the mm-hmm. and having spaces like people get ready to to like where you go in where you go in Barnes and Noble or any other bookstores and you see like a shelf, you go and people get right. ready and it's all about yeah. everything. Right, African American, it is Native American, it's Latino, it's the rainbow. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Listen, because we all are here, we're all here. It ain't changing. The world ain't changing, despite Mm -hmm. what people want to want to feel. And this, you two are making history. You are living history, and and I really. I'm so honored that you are are here because the starting Women's History Month, I was like, we don't need to talk about what happened. We need to talk about what's going, what's the forward, Mm -hmm. the past, the present and the future. And you're here presently and the future is 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 on the horizon and and you're feeding into it with your work. Mm-hmm. When I tell you those two pieces, when I, I was like, oh, and I did, I got a ticket for uh, uh the in-between girls. <laughs> like, <laughs> what? When I saw the graphic, I was like, oh, I know that piece speaks to every, I hope they can show it again. Because now I'm mm-hmm. talking about it. And we got a whole bunch of people on Facebook watching this. So, <laughs> but it's a it, it, it doesn't matter your age women are going with body image mess all the time you know and um and, and i mean look we got lizzo embracing herself and people still trying to hate mm-hmm. you know but then we got like everybody done got saying they got covid 10 because they had to stay in the house so all they did was eat snacks but Oreo cookies talking to you, girl. Okay. It's a fact. Oh my God. <laughs> and AK, your piece up in just the the father-daughter relationship and the relationship of the of Amani with men. The just at every age. Child. It's relatable. It's definitely. We want to support you all in everything and look forward mm-hmm. to what you got in your head coming out. <laughs> yeah. And we're grateful. We're grateful, grateful for you being here. Um, Cha, we're, we're grateful for this space. Yes. Um, like M City Lit. Well, like when I found out about it, I was like, why hadn't I found out about this sooner? Um, because I was like, this is just a perfect space for black folks to just be. And so we are grateful to you all. And thank you for connecting Yale, the folks with the community, because this is this is definitely, you know, this is definitely something that needs to happen. We need to connect with the community, especially the New Haven community. Mm-hmm. Girl, the, it was, Elm C. Lifts, just this is our, our second year, September, Look for us, <laughs> 11, 12. Mm-hmm. Um, and thank you to Emily Mayo, the spook who sat by the door. <laughs> if y'all, if you got if people look that movie up. It's really a movie. Yeah, no, that yeah, a brother that took it all in, and like she, but Emily is making that connection with us, and we are grateful, grateful, grateful to that sister mm-hmm. for her quiet strength making the connections and into the community for the the black people coming through Yale, the, the black students coming through Yale, because listen, um, the community needs it and y'all need the support, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, to give you the strength to move on and into other things. Mm-hmm. We're so happy to say you're here. We mm-hmm. have a lot of comments in Facebook. <laughs> and the importance of the support that E provides and folks at universities and at jobs and spaces like E, because you all are at an amazing school, but you in your own trenches. Okay. Mm-hmm. Folks want to go, but once you in there, you in there by yourself. Mm-hmm. And it's not all, 
what it may be cracked up to be, but you in there, you know what they have to offer and you see what it truly can be used for if done the right way. Mm -hmm. So as we give E our flowers and sisters like Miss Ife, our flowers, you sisters deserve your flowers because there's a group of young sisters who will come after you, who will get to walk in your steps because you all took the baton. A lot of folks right now talk about Black Lives Matter statements and book lists, but it's footwork, it's application, mm -hmm. it's the things you're putting in your writing. It's you coming and having conversations like this. And Lit Fest is still new. We only... Our second one will be in September. So it's it's up from here and it's forward from here mm -hmm. because I feel like the world and especially New Haven is at a time where folks are tired of being sick and tired and no one has time to keep playing the game. I feel like folks of our generation aren't, no more. Mm -hmm. I don't want it. If it's blood money, you can keep it. We're gonna figure it out. Our people have been selling CDs off the trunk and have gone and done millions, okay? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's, it's a wrap for that. And with the art that's coming out right now, before this, I was watching the Billie Holiday movie. And that, if you have some time, check that out, as well as other things that are happening, but also checked out, check out what's going. I don't know if folks can go to the cabaret of Miss Ife, you got tickets to that, but- It was virtual. And it was like, click on, pay you right. $10 and, and, and it's virtual like everything now. But aside from, well, when things can't, when things open up, it's a, it's a great space to hear the voices. Right. But and we right. have to follow these sisters and, and, and find out what they doing. And if it comes out, <laughs> when it comes out. And also we got a shout out to um, Odell. Is is on? She's listening hey. to us. Hey, we mentioned you earlier. I hope you heard it. <laughs> <laughs> and Dolores and Lauren from People Get Ready, yay! Yeah. Um, Emily just put YaleCabaret.org in there. So yeah, go now while stuff is ten dollars because folks know once it open back up, baby, it's gonna be sixty. Mm -hmm. So while you home and you ain't got nothing else, click on it. You got ten for your tank. Give ten towards these sisters or folks who are doing stuff and producing stuff. There mm -hmm. are events going on all around. Y'all know we love Juanita up in New London. That sister has an amazing thing that's going. Go support her. Folks are doing so many things. You can't say you had. I couldn't make it. I was too busy. Baby, you can't go nowhere. It's a wrap. It's locked up. Listen, Wi-Fi is working. And the cabaret is a gem. Like when it when it is open, you could go down there and have you a glass of wine. It's a good time. It is. And you could be right up on the theater. Yeah, it's a, it's a like New Haven people don't know because they they'll be this right by the. Afro-Am Center on Park Street, people be walking by it. A sister yeah. been going for a minute because I invade <laughs> those fences. I ain't uh -huh. scared. <laughs> but we we have to wind up. But we again, thank you for setting off our Women's History Month. You historical women of theater. <laughs> Getting your voices out there. I want to tell everybody to thank you for watching. And next week, we start our book club, oh, Girl, Woman, yes. Other. I love that book. Bernadine <laughs> Evangel Ever Everisto. So our book club is not live, though. It's going to be a Zoom link. You send an email to elmcitylitfest at gmail.com. I'll send you the Zoom link. And next Sunday at 7 p.m., we're going to be talking about the stories in this book. Because it's it's some stories in this book about sisters. It's global. They in, they're yes. in Britain. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But the struggle in, in like you mentioned earlier, Abigail, like whether it's Nigeria, whether it's England, whether it's Pittsburgh, whether it's New Haven, the sister's story is still our voices. It's still the same. It's the same struggle. Mm -hmm. How we do it is global. So mm -hmm. and, and we have to share each other's voices. So I, I hope to see. I hope everybody can email us. I hope we get a bunch of emails from this. Follow these sisters. Are you all on social media? I got a web page. What you got? Oh, we got to do Yale because you in school because you ain't got time for all of this. <laughs> I have a web page, just akpain.com, but I'm on social media here and there. Yeah, same. Okay. I'm on social media here and there. I do not have a web page yet, though. One well, day. Look, well, we got to look for Abigail Onuwale. Did I say your name right? Onwinale. Onwinale. Yeah. And AK Payne, look for their work. 
support black theater people yes. because before Morgan Freeman, Denzel and, and Angela Bassett, everybody was on film. Mm. They was in theater. <laughs> yes. And you can, and theater is really how you can feel something. Okay. Sure. So we're going to mm -hmm. wind up our, our lip fest podcast for this evening and thanks again for joining us we'll see you in two weeks share this video with your friends it's the afterthought the, our book club is still going on elm city lit fest in conjunction with people who already books is a part of the knowledge is power book drive support the books these books are going to kimura's cultural corner up in hartford to, for their youth they will support manchester head start as well it's local books so it's not coming through amazon you mm -hmm. add, Make it happen. Click the link and come to the book club as well. <laughs> and you get a discount at People Get Ready if you say you're getting a book for the book club. And I hope you do. <laughs> Blessings. Good night, everyone. Thank you all. Good night.